please turn in with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And this afternoon, we're going to be considering a topic which seems to be all the rage in society today. You can't turn on the television or scroll on social media or even read the newspaper without there being some kind of reference to the topic of homosexuality. Whether it be in promoting it or in speaking out against it. Whether we want to or not, we must all be conscious of the fact that the society that we live in today has a fascination with this topic. And we must be able to give a response to it. So with that in mind, hear now the word of our Lord from Romans chapter 1, beginning at verse 20. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which is meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Thus far the reading of God's Word, let us ask His blessing on it once again.
O Lord, this word which we have just read is a difficult one. It's a hard one. It's a word which condemns. O Lord, let us receive this word and not try to manipulate it, not try to twist it to mean something that it doesn't mean. Let us be willing to accept the fact that sometimes Thy Word is harsh. And we cannot sugarcoat it. O oh Lord, as we approach this topic which is so uh, entrenched into our culture, we ask, Lord, that we would bear testimony against such vile perversions. That we would stand publicly against the tide of liberalism and this homosexual agenda which is taking control over society. O oh Lord, let us stand on Thy Word, for Thy Word is truth. So let us receive this Word preached with gladness. And let it equip us to be able to challenge the society around us. To be able to challenge the culture that we live in. And Lord, we ask that it would even be used to aid us in convincing men and women to forsake their sinful ways. To flee the sinful actions and desires of homosexuality and to flee to Christ. O oh Lord, we ask that Christ would be exalted this day. Feed us with Thy Word. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in Thy sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Unfortunately, we live in a day and age in which a sermon like this must be preached. Just a generation or so ago, this sermon would have been unthinkable. Because homosexuality and all these other sexual perversions related to it were so far on the fringe of society that no one would have dreamt that we would have fallen so far as to accept these perversions as part of mainstream life. But here we are. Here we are with more and more people every year coming out as homosexual. And now, after, after years of accepting homosexuality as part of mainstream life, more and more people are denying even the fundamental truth that there are only two genders. And people are claiming to be either a gender that is not that which they were born into, or they're claiming to be some made-up gender because they don't feel as though they fit into the binary of male and female. 
And I know I'm preaching to the choir. But this is absolutely absurd. Everywhere you look, this lunacy is taking over our culture. Hollywood is pushing it through entertainment. Musicians are pushing it through their songs. Our government is pushing it through laws that it passes. Teachers are pushing it in the education systems. Everywhere you look, the homosexual agenda is being shoved down your throat. And unfortunately, the church has failed to keep this wickedness from seeping within and corrupting that which is to be holy as well. Nearly every historic mainline denomination has come to embrace this homosexual agenda, pretending that it is the loving thing to do. Even some more conservative denominations have been uh, uh, have this become an issue uh, as as we've seen recently in the PCA with Revoice and with quote unquote side B Christianity. There's perhaps nothing in our culture that is promoted as strongly as homosexuality and like perversions. And so this is perhaps the area in which the greatest countercultural stand is needed by the church today. So we'll consider this theme and we'll do so by looking at four heads. First, the root of homosexuality. Next, the unnaturalness of homosexuality. Then the result of homosexuality. And finally, salvation from homosexuality. So first, let us consider the root of homosexuality. The culture today would have you to believe that homosexuality or transgenderism or any other Perversion is simply a matter of biology. That people are just born this way. But this is not the case. The Scriptures give us explicit teaching for where these abominations come from. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being uh, understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and foolish in their, uh, in their foolish hearts was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. 
Friends, homosexuality is not rooted in biology. It's rooted in idolatry. Paul says that it is because they have suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. Because they've exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Because they've changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image of corruptible things. The idolatry of man is the reason that God gave them up to the unclean to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts. Matthew Henry writes, God gave them up in a way of righteous judgment as the just punishment of their idolatry, taking off the bridle of restraining grace leaving them to themselves, letting them alone, for His grace is His own. He is debtor to no man. He may give or withhold His grace at pleasure. Friends, this is the downward spiral of compounding sin. The idolatry leads to even more depraved behavior. And ultimately, it leads to the Lord removing His hand of restraint from the wicked so that they will be given over to all sorts of sins. I hear Christians all the time saying that, that, that the Lord will judge us for allowing homosexuality to run rampant in our society. Friends, hear me very carefully. The Lord is already judging us for our idolatry and our unfaithfulness to Him. And that is why He has given over our society to uncleanness through the lusts of their hearts. It's judgment already. It's not that we will be judged. We are being judged. And as long as there is not repentance which takes place on a grand scale, on a national level, then we will continue seeing the restraining hand of God being lifted up and removed. And so the lusts of the hearts of men will be pursued. It's not a slippery slope to say that the societal acceptance of homosexuality will lead to all sorts of other perversions. Friends, the evidence is right before our eyes. It's not a slippery slope, it's a fact. First, it was homosexuality. Now it's transgenderism. Polyamorous relationships have already become more mainstream and there are already talks in the beginning stages of normalizing pedophilia and other perversions. And if we do not see repentance, then we can expect to see these things normalized and even accepted in our culture as the Lord continues to remove His restraining hand and pour out greater and greater judgment. If you want to see the culture stop its descent into debauchery, you must seek the removal of the idols which are the root of it. But 
but society will sit there and tell you that there is nothing wrong with it. That is natural. They'll appeal to homosexual activity that's found in the animal kingdom and say that it's something that all animals do. And since in their mind, we are just another type of animal, then it's okay for us to do it as well. But nothing can be further from the truth. So let us now consider the unnaturalness of homosexuality. Paul writes, For this cause God gave them up to unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust toward one another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which is meat. Paul's argument against homosexuality is nature itself. In Paul's mind, same-sex sexual intimacy is an especially clear illustration of the idolatrous human impulse to turn away from God's uh, order and design. Those who suppress the truth about God as revealed in nature suppress the truth about themselves that is written in nature. Pastor Kevin DeYoung says, homosexual practice is sinful because it violates the divine design in creation. According to Paul's logic, men and women who engage in same-sex sexual behavior, even if they are being true to their own feelings and desires, have suppressed God's truth and unrighteousness. They have exchanged the fittedness of male-female relations for those which are contrary to nature. To see this, I want you to consider what Christ appeals to in Matthew 19. And He answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that He which made them at the beginning male, made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Christ appeals to the creation story that in the beginning, God made them male and female. That's it. It was the union of man and woman that the Lord blessed in the garden. And it is only in that union of man and woman that that blessing can be exhibited. I know there's a cliche saying that God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. But the more I read the Word of God and see Christ and the Apostles appeal, appeal to nature, the more I actually come to appreciate that cliche saying. The purpose for which God designed the two sexes is destroyed in homosexuality. 
a woman lying with a woman or a man with a man can in no way be seen as that blessed union which the Lord instituted in the garden. In fact, it is not called blessed at all, but instead an abomination. As in Leviticus 18.22, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. The Lord commanded Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply something which nature testifies to the fact that it is impossible to happen in homosexual relationships. And I want to take a second here uh, because it's important to say that it's important for you to know lest you be swayed by the, by the craftiness of the wicked that what is condemned in Scripture is all homosexuality. All of it. Not just pederasty, which is a, an adult-on-boy sexual activity. And it's not homosexual rape that is being condemned. The culture will try to tell you that this is what's being condemned in Scripture and that there was, there was no concept of a loving, monogamous, homosexual relationship back then. But that's totally false. Leviticus 20.13 makes it clear that both who engage in this abomination are guilty of it. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. The same is not true of situations in which there is an overcoming of someone in a sexual act. In that case, one person is the victim and then the other person is guilty. Friends, you must be clear on this, that any homosexual relationship is contrary to nature. This is seen clearly in the fact that all throughout the world, even in pagan lands where the Lord has given them over to the lusts of their heart, most places still recognize that homosexuality is contrary to nature and they have laws against it. So we've seen that homosexuality is rooted in idolatry and that it is contrary to nature. Let us now consider the result of homosexuality. This is something which will get me canceled in the eyes of society for saying, and it may even ruffle some feathers of those who are within the church, but it's something which must be said. The result of homosexuality is death. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity. 
whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. The idolatry which leads people to embrace all sorts of wickedness, not just homosexuality, but all sorts of wickedness, results in death. Each and every one of these things that are listed are worthy of death. Look again at Leviticus 20.13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death, and their blood shall be upon them. The Lord saw fit that the punishment for homosexuality was to be death. And if there was a godly magistrate, this is what would be the punishment for such an abomination today. But besides the civil penalty of death, which is not something uh, which a society like ours is very likely to uh, adopt anytime soon, there's a natural physical penalty as well. Homosexuality wreaks havoc on a society by spreading death and destruction. Over 80% of men with sexually transmitted diseases are homosexuals. Over 60% of women with sexually transmitted diseases are homosexuals. This is that recompense for their error which they receive in themselves. And then there is the destruction that it causes as well with the destroying of homes and the destroying of families, the destroying of marriages, and even the mutilation of their bodies like what is seen in the transgender movement. Friends, there are children who are cutting off their genitals because our culture says that it's okay. And that is wicked. And if they remain steadfast in their sin, then they will see the result of death spiritually as well. Consider 1 Corinthians 6.9 Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. I want you to take note of two separate people that are listed in that passage. The effeminate, which is the Greek word malakoi, 
They are those who are the passive partner in the homosexual relationship. Yes, the word extends beyond just the engagement of homosexual activity, uh, reaching even to the appearance and the manner of a person. Uh, but it does point towards the one who takes on the woman's role in a homosexual relationship. And then there are abusers of themselves with mankind. And this is the Greek word, arsenikoitai. They are those who bed with men. That's what that word literally means. Arseno, men, koites, bed, or lying. They are those who bed with men. Those who take on the active part in sexual activity. And what does Paul say of them? That they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Friends, there is no such thing as a gay Christian, no matter how much Greg Johnson wants to use that term. Those who are effeminate, those who bed with men, homosexuals, lesbians, gays, bisexuals, transgenders, and anyone else who is part of the alphabet mafia are outside of the kingdom of God. And they will experience nothing but eternal death and damnation if they remain in their sins. There will be no bringing in of queer culture into the New Jerusalem as one speaker at the Revoice Conference claimed there would be. No, that wickedness and perversion will be left outside of the gate where there is only wailing and gnashing of teeth. What does Christ say in Revelation 22 and verses 14 and 15? Blessed are they that do His commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Those whoremongers will be left without and they will not be the one of those who are given the right to eat of the tree of life. Friends, the result of homosexuality is death. But we must not end the discussion there. Because if that is where the end is, then there would be no hope. But praise be to God that there is hope to be found. There is salvation to be had from homosexuality. Consider again 1 Corinthians chapter 6, but this time let's continue on down reading through verse 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, 
nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, and ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. Verse 11 is a game changer. Not just in the discussion on homosexuality, but when considering any sin. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Friends, homosexuality is not the unpardonable sin. There is redemption that is to be found even from this abomination in Christ Jesus. Whether you've lived without a knowledge of God's law or have been taught from your youth what is right or wrong, this great news of the Gospel of God is for you. All your sense of shame and guilt can be totally removed. You can be free, uh, completely free from the condemning conscience that is within you. Friends, this is good news. And there are several people who have experienced this freedom in Christ from their sexual deviancy. The world, the culture will tell you this is who you are and you can't change. The Word of God says Jesus will change you. And there are people who have experienced this. There's a dear brother down in the city who uh, was captivated by the lies of the evil one and embraced a homosexual lifestyle. And he has been redeemed. And he now has a wife and he has beautiful children. And he goes out every day into the streets of Chicago to preach the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And some of you may know or at least have heard of Rosaria Butterfield, the former lesbian college professor who came to Christ and is now married to Pastor Kent Butterfield of the Durham RP congregation. These people have been transformed by the power of Christ overcoming their sexual sins. There is no sin that is too great for the Lord Jesus Christ to wash away. And I don't know if any of you here have ever struggled with this sin or if any of you may be struggling with it now. There is salvation to be found in Christ freeing you from the bondage of homosexuality. If you want to be freed from the sin, then cry out to the Lord in repentance and He will deliver you. And if you're already in Christ, and yet you're still tempted towards the sin, know that you are a new creation in Christ 
and you have been renewed you you have a renewed will just as truly as Jesus rose from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can rise in newness of life in Christ. More and more you can die to sin and live to righteousness. Forsake the path which leads to destruction. Turn away from the sinful desires which lead only to death. Turn to Christ and walk in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. And you too will be granted entrance into the heavenly city and be given the right to eat of the tree of life. Brothers and sisters, I know that this is one of the most heated topics in our culture today. And we're not going to win any favor points of the world holding to this view. But you must be true to the Word of God. As society gets more and more depraved, it will become more and more imperative that you hold fast to the truth of Scripture on this matter. So many churches have already fallen into great apostasy over this issue. God forbid that we become one of them. And if you know anyone who is in the snare of this great sin, Show them the wickedness of it. And show them that there is freedom to be found in Christ. Do not show hatred towards them. But instead, show the greatest love and care that you can by pointing them to the cross of Christ. It's hatred to accept them in their sin and let them continue walking in it. It is hatred to tell them that their perversion is okay. It is love to show them their sin and their need for a Savior. And if there's anyone who hears this sermon and sees it as just another hate-filled tangent by a bigoted Christian, then I say to you what Pastor DeYoung says in the intro to his book. Don't discount the messenger as a bigot if your real problem is with the Bible. Heed the Word of God. Flee the wrath to come and find salvation from homosexuality. Let's pray. O oh Lord, we weep for Jerusalem. That so many within the church are, are blinded to the wickedness of this sin. We weep for the city. For the culture that we live in. Especially here in the Chicago area where so much of the identity of this area is rooted in this wickedness. Oh Lord, we weep. Lord, remove the idolatry 
from our land. For unless the issue is taken out at the root, it will never be resolved. Lord, we trust that Thou wilt remove the wickedness from this land in Thy good timing. Lord, grant repentance. Grant repentance unto us as a nation, unto us here in this area, and preserve us from further judgment. lest we see the total decay and destruction of our society. And ultimately, we see the hand of, judge, of Thy judgment upon us in such a great way that we are utterly consumed. O oh Lord, let us find salvation in Christ. Let us trust in Him alone. For He is our God. He is our King. He is our Savior. Cleanse us from our sins. Lord, let us trust in Thee. Let us stand firm in the face of opposition from our culture. No matter the cost. Even if, like Pastor Hans, the wicked decide to act violently against us, let us stand for thy truth. O oh Lord, let us be bold and courageous for thy name's sake. Bless the remainder of our time together, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.